Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that takes a look at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Hello. Today, <laughs> throw me off. Keep my going. Mojo. Keep going. Let's keep this in. Today's Let's keep topic, this in. ESPN's layoffs. So Brian, it looked like there was about a hundred on-air talent that were laid off from ESPN, and really the cause of it was. Uh, the increasing cost of sports broadcast rights for some of these major leagues, plus a combination of people who are cord cutters. And then lastly, I would say, I also think there's an element of it that ESPN, the product they're producing, just is not as good as it previously was. So what's your take on the situation? Look, I've talked about this a lot on social and First, I'm surprised at anyone surprised. Well, before I said that, I, I do feel very badly for the people that got laid off and lost their job. Like, that is never a good thing. That's never awesome. Like, that sucks. I knew a couple of those people, so that's really sad. I'm sure they're all landing better places, so that's cool. But putting that aside, now that I've said that, I don't know why anyone was surprised. There's a lot of head, you know, headlines and stuff they were talking about. Like, oh my gosh, like, why did this happen? And why did this happen? Guys, we, you, you and me, Rob, have been talking about this on this podcast for over a year that the ratings are declining, both with ESPN and, you know, pop media companies in, uh, abroad. Um, but ESPN, you know, specifically, they lost 600,000 subscribers last fall, plus more, plus more. It's not going to, it's not even going to stop. It's going to continue. So I don't understand why anybody's even shocked. I'm actually almost surprised it took this long for this to happen. Um, I, it, the, here's the other thing. ESPN, I believe I'm ballparking here, globally has like 8,000 employees, right? So you got 8,000 employees, you fire uh, 100. That's like one point some odd percent of your entire staff. Okay, so we're blowing this out of proportion, guys. Like one point something percent of ESPN was like, oh, that's not even that big of a deal. But I think it's the tip of the iceberg. It's definitely not going to stop. They're going to have to cut other services and other things because as cord cutting continues, ESPN makes the vast majority of their money through subs and subscribers. And so as cord cutting continues, as OTT programming continues to get more popular where people are watching what they want when they want it, it's going to get harder and harder for ESPNs of the world, especially ESPN, where I think they had a really good run at being one of the most expensive networks packaged into basically every single cable provider. Brian, is it a bigger issue knowing that, sure, it's a small percentage of their overall uh, employee base, but this is probably a higher percentage of the highest paid yep. talent, knowing that these are all on-air personalities, which is a significantly more... Uh, complex job than maybe something entry level. I agree. Look, you can look at it that way too, and I, I don't disagree with you, but I think that that's where it takes me back to what I was saying, which was, look, I'm not surprised. It's going to happen again. ESPN is going to lay off more people. I don't I don't know if it's going to be you know on-air talent and reporters or if it's going to be generalized, but here's the deal. They are very clearly, and they're going to have to continue to condense and consolidate some of their programming because the reality is the farther that you spread and ESPN over the last couple of decades has spread themselves so far they cover anything and everything and which is incredible as a sports fan but as a business model it's not working right now and so those are the changes that we're going to see and continue to see until it all really shakes out and we understand in the next 5 10 15 years what a media companies look like so Brian could this result in a decrease in 
salary in general for on-air talent. Does this is there any part of this that speaks specifically to overpaying talent, whether it's they didn't want talent to go to other networks, or is this position being overpaid? And I guess where I'm coming at from this is in the evolution of from when ESPN started until now, you had Chris Berman and Bob Lee's of the world who did their job and they're on camera and there's very few people in the world on camera. Now, eight-year-olds are on camera with their own YouTube channel. So the barrier to entry to being an on-air talent, in air quotes, is much lower. Yeah, look, I'm not sure the question I think maybe got buried a little bit in there, but look, here's my thoughts on it. Yes, there's more talent available today than ever. Also, the type of talent is changing. People want this raw, ugly brand type of talent, which is like not this super polished. Like, here's the difference, Rob. Like, you and I are just having a conversation. This is the way that it works now, and this is what people want. We could sit here and be like, welcome to the sports marketing hall. Well, Rob, so today I was speaking about blah, blah, blah. Like, that nobody... Not that no one wants it, but that's not a thing anymore. Like, that's not popular anymore, right? And so that's the thing that it's changing. The landscape of what we want to watch and listen to is changing. As far as overpaying, I honestly don't think that that really had any, you know, uh, any mark in the decision here. Yeah, sure. Dollar for dollar, they make a lot more money probably than the lower paid employees at ESPN, but they're not getting rid of them because of their, you know, salary expenses. They're getting rid of them because in the long run, it doesn't work out. They have too much coverage with too many people spread too far thin, too many networks that are, that is not, that is not going to get more subs in the near future. And so they need to condense and consolidate the network. And that's why they did it. So Brian, I have a conflict going inside of me emotionally and it is my support or lack thereof of ESPN in general. It is being a huge sports fan. ESPN has been part of my life pretty much forever. When I read in the morning, I've got sports center on mute uh, but really, all I want is just the sports information just translated into my head. And ESPN hasn't been forward thinking enough in terms of digital engagement in the type of content that they create for me. Sure, there's things that they do that I certainly like, the 30 for 30s and things like that. But as a whole, when I look at them versus the Bleacher Reports of the world, which if you look at Bleacher Reports homepage right now, it looks so vastly different than ESPN because Bleacher Report has Instagram uh, photos and videos on there of their top 20 and it's very social oriented. And I'm trying to figure out how to support or lack thereof ESPN or really I'm trying to wean myself off ESPN. I don't want to support them because I don't believe their product is as good as the other ones out there, but it's such a big part of my life that I'm conflicted in figuring out what to do as a sports consumer, knowing that they're number one and the other options just aren't as prevalent. Like I can't go TV is still a thing, even though we have the internet and I can watch any bleach report video that I want. When I turn on TV, ESPN is still there. So that's sort of the conflict that I'm in. Uh, and I'm thinking of potentially like I did last week with Facebook, deleting the ESPN app off my phone is just sort of a first step. Craziness. What is happening here, dude? Uh, look, how do I say this? 
this is this is what niche markets start to look like where you've got bleacher report you got barstool you've got all of these other smaller more niche type of publishers who have content that is drastically different and drastically differently toned the way that it's written the way that they're covering it to certain parts of the market espn is a bit more and always has been a generalist espn is going to have to figure out how do they either create various niche pieces of market and the way they did that before was they would cover like all these little niche sports where now it's just not just about the niche sports it's about the way that they're telling the story it's about the way they're communicating you're right it's about the way the website looks it's about the type of writing that's happening you know and espn I'm sure, you know, I know that they're trying to figure this out and play this game, but it's going to have to figure out in the long run, do they change their tonality? Do they change the way they cover sports? Do they they cover different sports? Do they break up ESPN into more micro segments? Do they buy a Bleacher Report or Barstool? I don't know. But I think those are the questions that will get answered over the next five five to seven years as we see the entire, you know, publishing media world shake out and change there's no doubting that espn isn't still a powerhouse because here's the difference it's really i don't want to say easy but it's a lot easier to build a media company based on people that are writing remotely from around the world versus being a media company like an espn which actually produces covers and creates content at scale for networks around the globe for sports that's a different game and so the game has changed they're just going to have to figure out how do they plug themselves into the way consumers want to consume today so brian what's your action item for today i you know i want to know hit hit rob and i up on twitter i, I want to hear who do you think as far as sports publishing is doing the best job right now As always, thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the Sports Marketing Huddle on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher.